Welcome to Behind the Lens podcast, where we talk to everyday business owners going deep on everything from childhood experiences, trials, tribulations, as well as success habits that have shaped them as humans. So today we have Olivia Ward. So Olivia is actually, she's one of our clients and she's also a very young investor. Um, she has a really cool story about how she was working in an Optus call center, earning an average wage and managed to buy her first investment property using what she had and and really having a big wine. And she'll talk a little bit about this during her share. But this is a really cool episode, um, especially for someone who's young, who is determined um, and just made shit happen. So today's podcast is powered by Triple Effect, where we create six months worth of video content for YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram and TikTok and film it all in the space of two days. So everything from scripting, filming, editing, as well as publishing up to three videos weekly. If you're interested in finding out more, head to tripleeffect.com.au. Otherwise, let's get started with the show. So welcome to today's podcast. Today, I am joined with the amazing and beautiful Olivia Ward. So Olivia is uh, actually a client of ours, um, and we've been doing some videos for the last couple of months, but um, I'm super pumped to have Olivia on um, as she's someone who has a lot of energy, is bringing a lot of the, uh, the best way I can explain is she, you're like, I feel like you're bringing a very different vibe into the property space. Um, I work with a lot of different buyers agents and obviously you're very unique and whatnot. So if it's okay, I'd love to hand over for those who do not know who Olivia Ward is. Do you want to just give a little quick intro as to what you do and who you are? Yeah, thank you. Um, okay. What do I do? Who I am? Uh, so I'm a property coach. Um, I randomly gave myself that title, not, not actually knowing what that even means. But I was like, I'm just going to give myself the power and all. Yes. The idea was, I was like, I just want to help pe- people build a property portfolio. Like what I did. So I was a classic kid in my twenties, got to the top 1% property, uh, investors in Australia in my twenties, whilst being a call center worker at Optus on an average income. And then when I was walking around the office, corporate office, and I had people on like three times the income of me, they were like, Hannah G, wait, you got how many properties? I'd be like, yeah, I got to five by like my 29th birthday or something. And they're like, how'd you do that? I'm going double to double your wage, three quarters of your wage. How'd you do that? So yeah, that's why I decided I want to help people achieve the same thing. That's amazing. Awesome. And so in today's podcast, I'm really keen to uncover more of like your identity that's even like in the situation and circumstances where people are in a, a typical job like that. Cause I, I resonate with that role. Um, I used to work for the biggest bank in Australia read between the lines who that is. And, um, and I sort of, I, I, I can guess roughly what you're on, roughly your lifestyle or the typical lifestyle of someone who's, who's in that space, um, working in a call center or working in a, in a spot where, You've got lots of different people. There's lots of stuff happening on Friday and Saturday night, and there's lots of things that are going on and, and people are, you know, spending money on different things and whatnot. So look, let's get straight into it. And cause that's my biggest question is like, obviously the first thing that comes to my mind in order to be able to generate, like, to get to a point where you have five different properties at 29, when, what age were you when you bought your first investment property? Uh, 25. 25. So in the space of four years, you've bought five different properties, right? So I'm assuming your first one was the hardest one to get to. 
Or do you want to just even share the story of how you bought your first investment property? Yeah, cool. Uh, I did what everyone else tells you to do, what mum and dad says you should do. Just go buy a house. Don't know how to articulate it, but just go buy one anyway, because apparently it's a good thing to do. So did a house, went and found land, bought a, uh, found a builder, put it on there accidentally with no intention at all, uh, made a lot of money off of that very quickly, literally $200,000 the day after it settled. Uh, so I was like, oh my God, I won the lotto. And then, and then from there, I was like, oh my goodness, I need to actually do something smart with this. Like I knew it was leverage. I knew I could do something, but no one else in my life had been successful in property. Like I actually knew no one who had more than two properties in my life. So I went straight to YouTube and I was like, property investors, Australia, something like that. And then I just went gun ho once I found this one particular person that I really aligned to from a values person. I just really liked their, their mojo. I just learned, and they just happened to be um, very, very successful. And I kind of just mimicked what they did. And then I was like, right, well, I'm not going to live in this first property. I'm going to do what everyone tells you not to do. I'm not going to live in it, even though everyone tells you to live in it, right? Uh, so I went against the grain. Uh, majority of my portfolio uh, from what society and the, uh, yeah, tells you to do. So, so that, uh, and then mm -hmm. you, sorry, you go, you, sorry, sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, and then, so the real pivot was when it was, it was from property one into deciding what I was going to do with that money for property two and three. So then I went bang, bang and bought two at once, but I'll, I'll never forget. I sent a text message to a bunch of people who I thought were kind of experienced enough in my world and said, Hey, what should I do? Should I do option A? where I go and do what everyone else is saying, or should I go against the grain and do what and do option B, which is what this guy, this complete stranger who had never met online, but he had already succeeded in where I wanted to go. I was like, do I go with this stranger that I've just been following on YouTube? And I did that. And it was the biggest uh, pivotal moment in my portfolio um, yeah, phase that I, that I just decided to do. And I'm so glad till today they're the best properties I've ever sourced or, or have in my portfolio. So yeah, that's amazing. Everything. That's really cool. Mm. So look, I'm, I'm really cool. I'm really interested in, in like diving a little bit deeper and getting to know yep. you a little bit more. So what, like, obviously the first thing that comes to my mind is you're either really good at saving or really good at understanding what you want. Um, talk to me about how led the journey to even just getting to that phase of your first property, because you know, um, I, it was about five years ago now that I've, I've been in since I've been in the corporate world. Um, but I can explain my life whilst I was there, especially like I worked from home, uh, for a little, like for a good portion before I, you know, went off on to build my business and whatnot. However, when I was in the office, like we'd at least go to the pub, you know, for lunch once a week. Um, if not go to the pub after work once a week or twice a week, um, depending on what's going on, the pub was the answer to all of the, all of the stress and everything that was going on within the workspace. And there was so much hype around going to the pub and, and things like that. Now I know I'm not, everyone loves the pub just as much as I do, but there's a real big culture in the, in the corporate world of like going to lunches, going to these things. And you think about your expendable, your, your expenses and things like that. And because of this this world that you have and build outside of work, um, typically a lot of people don't get anywhere. And hence why you, you even mentioned like people who were making a lot more above you just had bigger expenses than you did and whatnot. But somehow you found a way 
to align yourself to property, align yourself to this goal. What, what was it? Was there someone in your life? Was there someone, what was the leading point to getting to there? Very good question. I honestly think the driving factor for me being wanting to build a property portfolio was, and this might not be a good thing in the coaching industry, um, but it was, it's driven by fear of not having control and options in my future because I seen my parents now reach their sixties, uh, when I was in my young twenties, um, coming into their mid fifties and both of them in a couple of year, uh, time frame had basically just realized that they're going to have to physically swap their time for money that they didn't make some, uh, such good financial decisions, even though they had the opportunity to, and that impacted me heavily. That was the driver for me. And that the driver was also like, oh, actually, physically, I'm going to have to look after my mum. Like my mum has no other option. I'm, I am going to be financially responsible for her, whether or not I like it or not. So it didn't just become about me and looking after myself. It now became, well, I've got to look after my mum and she's done everything to look after me too. So why not? And then on, uh, and then on top of that, I also actually, I was a year 10 high school dropout, by the way. And then I tried my hand. Everyone was like, you're so parents, grandparents, you know, teachers, they were like, you, you gotta, you gotta leave school, Olivia, you got no hope, just go get a job. Right. And so my dad tried getting me into becoming a nurse, failed at that, couldn't even pass basic exams. And then they were like, oh God, what else do we do with a, go try to be a PCA. Guess what I learned through that? A PCA is a personal care attendant. And I'll never forget I was working in these age, age care homes and I was spoon feeding all of these elderly people in the last years of their life. And I thought, fuck, life's too short. <laughs> life is too short to not live it. And we've got to take advantage um, of, the, of the time that we have. And I said, there's no way in hell that I'm going to continue swapping my time for money when I'm born in one of the top, one, um, top first world countries in the world. Surely there is a way for me to learn how to escape that norm of swapping my time for money. And there was the, the hardcore facts were it was that 90% of millionaires were made from property. So I was like, I'm going to work this out because I don't want to end up like that. Because I just knew. You just listen to older people. They always tell you, you know, um, don't work too hard. Go live. You know, don't focus on money. So I was like, well, I need to make money passively whilst I sleep. And so property for me was just that thing. Where I'm like, well, I don't need any qualifications. I can just learn about money online. So... That was a bit of a driving factor, a couple of driving factors for you. That's awesome. Isn't it funny the the polarity? Like, I, I think even I've, I've swear I've heard Gary V talk about like that exact situation or circumstance, go into a retirement home, go and talk to some older people, hear their life experiences and, and things like that. And, and obviously that experience reiterated not only your family situation, your circumstance and all those other things to drive you to, to a point where like, all right, fuck, I need to do something about, you know, my own financial circumstances, my family circumstances. Um, we need to make something happen sooner than rather than later. And obviously you made it happen. So it sounds like you've got some like really good parents who've obviously like really brought you up well and, and helped you to build those things. Um, once you realized was, is saving something that just come naturally to you? No, I'm actually, 
a horrible saver. I don't like saving at all. I love spending. <laughs> I like the nicer things in life. Um, but for me, I I learned very quickly, if you just make the goal much shorter, if you cut the time frame down in half, the goal is uh, feels much more achievable if you cut it down. So instead I was like, well, I've got to say, let's just pretend I had to save 10% deposit on a $400,000 property. So I need to get to 40, 45K. I was like, well, instead of saving that over you know, three years, I was like, how can I save this in 12 months to make this period much shorter? Because this ain't fun. And I sacrificed a lot during that time. Um, and so no. So now just for context as well, I've used zero of my own money to build my property portfolio from the second property onwards. I've never had to put another cent of my own money in. And that's what I like to teach people now too, that like just saving that first deposit is the hardest part. Yeah. Once it's done, Oh, it's done. It's so much easier. Then it's just understanding the formula behind it. And we can use the bank's money from then onwards. So yeah, don't like saving. Uh, and yeah, sacrificed a lot to get to that first deposit. Yeah. But it's over now. Yeah. Don't need to do it again. Yeah. Awesome. Well, look, I, I think even just that idea of cutting down things into consumable pieces and, and, Making it so that it's, even if you know your own, like, the, and what I also hear a lot, Liv, is you've got a very good self-awareness. Like, you already know that I don't like to, you know, prolong things for too long. Um, three years or whatever the time frame initially was too long. And so I was like, all right, how can I do this over a sprint, if you will, or a shorter period of time? Something that is achievable, something that I can work with, um, and knowing that you've got things to set up after um i'd love to understand like when you like you know when um people ask you the question what did you want to be when you grow up um did you ever think you know during high school or even before you dropped out that this is what you'd be doing no idea didn't even know myself i think i only just to start started discovering myself really in my late late 20s. Even now, I'm still working out who I am. Um, yeah, no idea because I was I couldn't read, couldn't write. I still really struggle to read and write and spell. Um, and I think I remember like my parents used to have arguments with my teachers all the way through high school saying she needs to be kept down, she needs to be kept down. Like I didn't uh, tick those boxes for, you know, standard schooling sort of industry. And so I was always told, oh, just give up. You know, oh, you sure you want to do that, Olivia? You know, so I was, um, I didn't have much of an optimistic view, uh, for in the, from the schooling system. Although I think what was really encouraging is I did have my mum who was really encouraging. It's like, go sweetie, go for it. You can do whatever you want. And I don't think I realized how important that was until now I'm an adult. And I'm like, you repeated that 50 times to me growing up. Thank you so much, mum. Uh, and I think a lot of mums do that as well. So, and even my grandparents were like that too. So proud of you, sweetie. I think that was just a real, yeah, real boost. But, um, no, I definitely did not think that I would be doing this today. I had no vision at all when I was growing up. So I didn't even know that I would be doing this two years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So fast forward, fast forward to today, obviously you run a property, you know, you run a, a business, helping people, you know, source their own properties and, and things like that. What would you, like, I, I have an inkling of how I would answer this for you, 
But my question to you is, what would you say is like in business, you're a very energetic, high vibe person. What would you say is your X factor or your secret source, if you will, that when it comes to business and when it comes to helping people through their own journeys? I think it's the brand of who I am. I think a lot of people, I'm just going to say what people actually tell me all the time. So I actually ask this to people like, why are you choosing me? Why do you need me? And they say, Olivia, I trust you. Olivia, you, you're a female in quite a male dominant industry. So that's something that sets me quite far apart. Oh, Olivia, you're so young. You've, you were able to achieve it and get there at such a young age. And you did this whilst you were just a call center worker, working at Optus, that all of that sort of stuff is relatable. And I don't try and rock up with a suit and a tie in a Lambo trying to sell you off the plan deals. Um, that was one of the reasons why I became a property coach. Cause I was like, I actually did my buyer's agent's license. I know two, two and a half years ago now. And I remember going into that thinking, oh my goodness, I now know where this label and this identity of buyers agents sort of comes from. I was like, I don't want to be known as this at all. Um, it's just not me. I'm just this ochre kind of girl from country Victoria that, you know, doesn't want to wear shoes every day, wants to hang out at the beach, you know, barefoot, you know, um, and wear a flanny during winter. <laughs> so... Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's just a little bit about, I think, yeah, that brand of like, I, people say that I'm, I'm trustworthy and not trying to be anything that I'm not. And I also don't have a dogmatic approach to, um, the way to do things in property either, because I truly do believe that there are 50 different ways to building wealth through property as an example. And I truly believe that they all work and it's just a matter of which strategy is going to align to you and your lifestyle. Because I'm all about getting the highest ROI on life. So I, I don't have that hustle and grind sort of mentality. And also a lot of people love that, like I say, don't worry, you don't have to save around here. You've just got to learn to invest smarter. So that's what I like to teach when people like, yeah, I don't like saving either, Olivia. Let's screw the system. Stop working nine to five. I like that. How do we get there? So, yeah. And I don't like to use jargon words. I try not to as much as possible. Yeah, I want to appeal to the average Australian. So, yeah. Yeah. Lots of different things. I love it. Mm. Awesome. And look, I, I think even, um, even whilst we've been working together, the first day, if I could, if it's okay for me to share, do you know what I'm about to share? Go. Yeah. So yeah, go. effectively in the first day of filming, um, you know, you dressed up a little bit more. We obviously had a really nice space and whatnot. And then even towards the say, like the second day you dress, I don't want to say you dressed down, but it was a little, it was a little bit more you, I did. it was a little bit more you. As a little bit more live, um, and and I like I think what I hear and and you know in in our time working together, that's that's what I really hear is, um, and you've said it the whole way through. It's always been a constant of I want to be real, I want to be raw, I want to you know appeal to to the everyday person, um, you know who is potentially you know working some sort of call center job or the equivalent of you know working something that isn't necessarily like extremely high paying, but just using smart tactics, using smart tools and tricks and things like that to be able to build wealth and support yourself, your family and any goals or out, you know, things that you're looking to do, build a life, if you will, by design, um, and things like that. And you actually, I wish I wrote it down. You actually said, so I, it was the highest ROI on everything. Um, or you said or please correct me here. Like, what did you say? It was a high, I wanted to achieve the highest ROI on. On life. 
highest ROI on life. What does that mean? Yeah, and I think, cool. I think it just means taking the opportunity of that age window or bracket that you're in in that life cycle, whether or not you're 20 to 25, 25 to 30, you know, 30 to 35. Hello, amazing human. This is just a quick, brief message to remind you to share the love. And what do I mean by sharing the love? What I mean is if you know someone who might get value from this episode or from this interview, make sure you share this episode with them. Also, if you are enjoying this interview and may enjoy other interviews like it, make sure you hit the subscribe button or follow button on whichever platform you're listening or watching on. And lastly, if you're really enjoying this episode, if you really want to share the love, make sure you leave a rating. A positive rating with lots of love is much appreciated. Otherwise, let's get back to the show. Utilizing finances to the best of your ability and getting the most out of that window of your life. Um, so I forgot the name of the book, but it's a really, I'll have to give it to you to, to add it in, but... Um, it was a, an amazing book that I read on getting the highest ROI on life. And I was like, really, really cool concept that like, if I'm building wealth and uh, most people are the richest between the age of, I think it was 50 to 60, just pre, pre, um, pre-retirement. And I was like, if that's where you are the richest, but yet you are not body enabled to live or experience life like you would have say in your twenties, I was like, well, then how can we get a really good balance? And that's the reason why I also really like to show people not to um, have a lot of people who come to me like hustlers and they're like, yeah, Lydia, let's grind, let's go, let's let's get 20 properties. And I'm like, actually, you know what, you don't have to sacrifice the travel and the living and the being present with family in order to build wealth still for the future. I think it's just a little bit about that balance and thinking about how much you, for those who want to build generational wealth or leave it for the kids, like when, when's the biggest impact of that generational wealth that you're going to build? When is that going to be the biggest impact for your kids? Like most people, right? Let's just say if your average lifespan is 85, you you know, you clock it and then you're like, hang on a second, I've got all this wealth and millions that I'm going to pass over to my kids who are 60. They're not kids. They're adults. In fact, they're already getting on, right? And so, but could there be a period in their life if you're creating that generational wealth to pass that on to them at a more impactful lifespan? Um and so I think about that for everything as well as investing and as well as coaching and building a business to live life on, live life on, on, on my terms or in our terms as well. So yeah, that was a bit of a long winded answer. <laughs> oh, there's a couple of little gold nuggets on what my, you know, you, like whilst you're talking just for everyone listening, um, my brain is always thinking about which social media clips are we going to cut out of this podcast? So that's literally what I'm doing. And that's, that's my brain. It never stops. Well, I'm listening, but I'm also thinking at the same time and, and whatnot. Um, but what I, yeah. And absolutely. Like I, I love the, the bigger, longer term perspective and, and you're absolutely right. You're still even coming back to what you're talking about before. You're still working yourself out. Like, I think we're all, all just guessing our way through life as it, as it stands anyway. Like even, um, you know, for myself as a father, um, <clears throat> of two children, I feel like a big child myself sometimes. And just like, you know, I'm, I'm just reflecting on what my parents did, you know, and then how I treat my, my parents, uh, my kids and, and, you know, whether I still want to make the same decisions that my parents did and, and, and vice versa, you know, so it's really interesting. And 
just, I guess what I'd love to talk about now is, is I guess the business side of things. It's something that, um, you know, even the transition from corporate world to business world, it's a, it's a quite a significant transition. Um, and I'd love to understand. So for those who like, obviously you've, you're building wealth and, and things like that. And you've, you've got some sort of passive income that may or may not, you know, directly assist that, that decision and, and that intention. But like, if you were talking to someone who was super passionate about a business idea or something along those lines, um, moving into a business or moving into a business venture, what advice would you give to someone? So much. Um, don't be, don't try and be someone that you're not. Honestly, just be you. So, um, copy, uh, processes of others who have been successful, but don't try and copy or be somebody else. Just literally, and some, for, uh, a proportion of me doing this, one thing I had to do was actually block out the noise and stop following, um, certain niches like I actually stopped following a whole bunch of people in the property market because I was like what's it called imposter syndrome I was like oh gosh I'm not like these people and I'm like duh I don't want to be these people anyway this is a good thing so to start off with I had to do a little bit of that you might not need to and only yeah surround yourself with with mentors and coaches like coaching is just like I don't know how many coaches I've had in the past I've lost count I'm consistently coaching and leveling up myself and then they change and they, you know, you get the next person. Um, What's the other thing? And don't put down a nine to five job either because a nine to five job helps a lot of small businesses scale a business on the side. And that's exactly what my nine to five job allowed me to do. And during that time frame, I was kind of hustling. I was probably working a good 70 hours a week, you know, working 40 hours in, in in the normal nine to five as it ended up becoming a business analysis, working on the Optus app actually. Um, and you know, working on that as well as, yeah, trying to scale a business of whatever, just start one up. What does it even look like? What am I even doing? Um, but that enabled me to then slowly, it slowly like started to replace my nine to five job. And I was like, whoop, this is the, the kind of pivotal change. Now I'm nearly making as much of my nine to five job. Let's leave. And that was the hardest thing for me to do as well. Um, because I loved where I worked, absolutely loved it. I was at Optus for nearly 12 years. Um, and culturally, it, um, it was home. I, I fitted in there, every, all three, 400 people there at Optus between Melbourne and Sydney office were my family. So it was very, very difficult um, to let that uh, old chapter go and open up the new one. And uh, it was the best thing that I ever did, for sure. Did I answer that question? Yeah, you did. You did. And I was, I was almost going to interrupt and say, what, what advice would you give to yourself? But you pretty much answered that as well. Like the only thing I've, I want to understand is like the, just at the end there, you were talking about letting go of your Optus family, if you will, or moving on from your Optus family. Like it's it, like, talk to me about that. I, it, it feels like it's what you, it's, it's who you know you are in amongst different people and you're leveling up or you're moving on and, and making changes and shifts to become someone else into the, un, into the unknown, if you will. Um, but I'd love to understand like, what process did you go through to make that shift? 
woofed. I had to do so much personal work. The 12 months prior leading up, stuff on my relationship, stuff on my own self-worth. Um, I had kinesiologist healers. I had astrologists. I had all of these people that I leaned on to say, give me certainty. Can someone just tell me that the move that I'm about to make, is it in my chart? And I'm quite a spiritual person. So I was like, is it in my birth chart, human design person? Yes, it is. Is it in my you know, birth chart, astrologist guy who you know predicts my future for me? Yes, it is. And so I just needed some, a little bit of, I suppose, reassurance for me because I do truly believe in that stuff. And it's, you know, it's funny how like, you know, three or four different of these sort of categories, they all say the same thing. It's like, well, they're all telling me it's got to work out. So I've just got to jump. Um, but I truly believe it's the self-worth. One other big major thing that also helped me uh, feel confident within myself that I could back myself every day in doing this was I read a book Um Who's the guy that writes, um, it, it's a book called Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Yeah. Um, it's the second book that he wrote after Think and Grow Rich. And he'd written this book, Out, Outwitting the Devil. And I, I remember it was when I had COVID and I was sick to death at the start of 2021. And I had nothing else to do other than just read this book. Um, and I just read it in two days and I smashed it out. And it was as if I had been hypnotized in my own mind that I have full control and autonomy over my mind and there is no fear. And if any fear gets in, I can just literally get rid of it. And most people's, in from what I've seen, most people's fear about jumping into something is actually of somebody else's opinion. That's it. And it's typically the opinion of those around them that they love the most, whether it be friends, circle groups, mum and dad, grandparents or anything fear of other people's judgment of like, you know, not making it. Um, so I was like, I don't have any fear now of making mistakes. Actually, I'm going to celebrate making mistakes now. I'm going to celebrate these failures and celebrate if something, if I go through some sort of hurdle or challenge, well, guess what? I'm going to celebrate that I don't get to make that again. And now it's a lesson. And so that's how I've started to think about business at the moment. Because if you don't think like that in this <laughs> The timing will end, your journey will end very quickly. <laughs> Correct. Correct. I love it. I, I can completely resonate with backing yourself. Like I feel like I that's what I had to repeat to myself throughout the whole process. Um, the imposter syndrome thing, um, the fears thing. Um, but yeah, it, and look, I've I like I currently use my therapist is actually a kinesiologist as well, done my human design and all those other things. And yeah. What human design are you? Um, a manifesting generator. Manny Jen. Love it. I'm a manifestor over here. Oh, very good. There you go. There you go. And so it's, it's really interesting even to, yeah, get that side of it, um, and hear, you know, and, and correlate these different aspects and, and things like that. Um, awesome. So look, I think I'm, I'm really, really happy with what was sort of covered. Is there anything else that you'd like to share at all? Um, no, I don't think so. Oh yeah. One last little piece is that the only person that can believe in you as much as yourself. So if, you've got to back yourself every day. So it's, um, fill up your cup first and then give out the overflow to that cup. If your cup's full, you can give out infinitely. That is such an important point. Like filling up your own cup. Why? Cause a lot of like, and here's an, here's another thread I want to keep going with is like mm. you talk about 
you know, so many people, especially like, so you work with a lot of females, a lot of mums potentially, um, who have learned to put themselves second because of their kids and, and things like that. Talk to me about this idea of filling up your own cup and why it's so important. Because then it just depletes and depletes and depletes your own cup. And then you get into, um, the survival mode, right? Which is you're constantly running on, um, dead battery. It's this, this, like the analogy of, um, when a plane, when you're on a plane and if a plane's about to go down, you don't put the mask on the baby first and the child first, you put the mask on you because then you can then help others. And if you can't look after yourself, then you can't give back a lot. It's the same with my investing. Same sort of thing, right? I wanted to help support my mum, but I knew at the time that I was like, right, I'm going to have to, uh, like, for example, I asked her, one of the things that helped me build my portfolio and to save that first deposit is I moved back home and said, hey, mum, look, I'm going to look after you in like 20, 10, 20 years from now, but I just need you just for, just for like 18 months. Can you please let me live here board free, <laughs> right? And I promise you I'll pay it back. And that was my way of like filling up my cup first and my needs, my foundations for me to be able to think bigger and give back bigger as well. The same thing with my financial needs. I was like, and typically if you go out and ask a lot of people, um, well, actually stats show, I read a full report on this, that um, for those humans who, uh, once they financially have met their basic needs, of looking after their initial fin financial family's needs, right? Then it opens up their minds to be more creative, to give back even more because their immediate needs are made and met. And that's what I'm all about. Getting those in the immediate needs met, then you can give back more. Um, so yeah, I think that impact is a big value to me as well. But yeah, just be selfish um, at the start in order to be selfless in the long term. I love that. I think that's so a great way to sort of finish that off. I think it's solid, solid advice. And um, if and you know there would have probably been a part of me that would have heard the word selfish and been a little bit triggered. And I'm sure some people may be listening, may be triggered, um, but just feel into it because being selfish first, exactly like you sort of said, the, like on a plane, they tell you to put your own oxygen mask on first, then other help others. Um, because if you're dead, you cannot help anyone. But if you are sorted out yourself, that's when you can help others. You can support others. And exactly like you said, like being able to have that financial, if you will, financial security to have your initial needs met to a point where you can, you know, make choices, make, you know, creatively do things and and enjoy your life enjoy the things that you can do rather than look at the limitations of what you can't what what you can't do and you know what's not possible and and things like that i love that awesome so look if someone's in amen i love it if someone's interested in getting in touch with you live or is interested in finding out more what's the best place to find you all or reach out yeah. Uh, thank you for asking. Um, any social media platforms? Look up Olivia Ward, Property Coach. Uh, Heard you've got some really cool videos on those on those platforms as well. There are a lot of cool videos on there. Oh, just letting you know, it's Company Triple Effect or something, I think they're called. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Any social media platform, Instagram, um, TikTok. I have a lot of cool TikTok. I love my platform over there. Um, or, yeah, I do have a website, um, Live to Buy. 
www.ecommerce.com.au. You can book a call there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having, spending some time with me today. Um, it's an absolute pleasure to work with you and, 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 you know, to see your journey and, and, you know, even, even the, the chat that we had, um, when you picked me up from the airport before filming and, and things like that, it's really cool to be able to like see behind the scenes and, and everything else that's happening in your world as well. So, um, it's an absolute pleasure for us to be able to work with you. And, and I'm, I'm so pumped to just see what's happening for you. You're still, you're so young and you've got so many different options and opportunities in front of you, um, with where you're going and, um, yeah, if uh, just for those who are listening, um, make sure to give Liv a follow. She's going to be doing some really cool and exciting things in the future. Um, and I'm not, it's not like I know something that other people don't. I just know that I, I, I get a sense that with the DNA that you have, um, the way that you work and operate, um, you're, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a natural progression to something big and exciting. So I'm, I'm excited to find oh, as well. Awesome. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting story. See where we are. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much right. for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for being on. Um, enjoy your day and uh, catch you on the next one. That is the end of today's podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, as I mentioned before, make sure you share the love, share it with a friend, family member, or otherwise, make sure to give us a subscribe or even a positive rating on the various platforms. And if you're interested in finding out more about Triple Effect and who we are, what we do, head to tripleeffect.com.au. Otherwise, we'll see you on the next interview.